business. The blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of the AEC Business Podcast. I'm Arne Heiskanen. My guest is Dr. Ken Dooley, and we are going to talk about digital twins. Before joining Haltian, an IoT specialist company, Ken worked at Granlund, where he published a report titled Building Digital Twins, which he co-wrote with Jose Carlos Camposano. So, Ken, what are you up to right now, except uh, having uh, released the report? Yeah, thanks, Arnie. Um, so, actually, I've just started a new job. I'm the chief strategy officer um, for Empathic Building, which is a um, a digital twin software, um, and we and it's it's in the company Haltian. Um, and I'm also a postdoc researcher in Aldo University as well. So continuing to kind of keep a little bit of research uh, in, from a part-time perspective as well. All right. So uh, excited to hear more about Haltian in the future, I'm sure. But yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll now, now talk about digital twins. Um, yeah. I know uh, whenever we are talking about digital twins, uh, we usually start with the question, what is it? What what is a digital twin? What's your definition in the built environment context? Yeah, um, I've come. I'm coming from a almost a practical kind of frustrated um, digital twin uh, uh, kind of let's say stakeholder, um, and also we're kind of really looking at what the market needs and what the what can be provided today. So we have a very simple and practical uh, definition. We think that the geometry. Um, the digital replica, be it 2D or 3D, that it has to be up to date. Um, it can't be an out-of-date PDF or interactive something. It needs to be up to date. And it needs to be embedded with some static and some dynamic data. So an up-to-date 2D floor plan with temperature sensors, um, for me, something as simple as that, but with real-time data and an up-to-date geometry, that's a digital twin. And obviously, we can add all kinds of extra complications on top of that. But that's the kind of starting point for me. Yeah, sounds reasonable <laughs> and practical, as you said. So um, <clears throat> what motivated you to research uh, on this, to research on this topic specifically? Yeah, so I guess I guess the, the company Granlon that I've just um, been working for and, and uh, my last day was the day we published the report. Um, Granlund have a really long history in building information modeling and in design um, and also a long history in kind of the operations phase with real estate and energy and kind of facility management consulting. So I was kind of looking at both ends. Um, but really, when speaking to customers um, who who are kind of looking for having temperature centers and buildings or um, really from a smart building background, which I've been working on for the last couple of years and I've been working on user experience and smart buildings, the kind of really small, simple solutions that I wanted, BIM felt too complicated to deliver it. So, you know, it could be as simple as showing the lunch queue in a restaurant or in an office building, or even clicking the digital twin to show the lunch menu. Really simple kind of business cases and intuitive business cases. BIM felt almost too expensive, but almost too complicated to deliver those kind of things. Mm, yeah. Well, we often uh, talk about digital twins and BIM almost uh, mm. uh, always in this industry. But uh, are there other 
myths about digital twins that we can bust or you can bust right now? Um, I think another myth is just take the data away. Um, it doesn't matter if it's if you know if it's this kind of sensor or that kind of sensor. It doesn't matter if it's if it's you know if it's on a room or a floor level. The point of view is that the digital twin should provide a kind of an easier understanding of the data than if the data was on Excel, rather if the data is connected to a floor plan or, or some kind of digital replica. So if people kind of get obsessed about where is the data stored and about databases, they're kind of losing the point. Um, digital twins are more complicated enough. So I see it as we have data in something like an Excel chart, or we see data connected to the building uh, rooms or floors itself. That's what we're talking about. Forget the data. It's about intuitiveness and understanding. So uh, what you're talking about is is that you have a visual uh, representation of the yeah. of the data. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the way we communicate. <laughs> yeah. And and if, if a digital twin conversation is 95% about elements that are to do with the data side, then we're kind of getting distracted. And we, we there's, it's too complicated for us to get distracted. We need to focus on delivering a nice digital twin that people can use. Well, in the report, you talk about you talk about the hype curve, <laughs> which is yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, where on the curve are we with the digital twins right now? Yeah, so so Gardner's hype curve for emerging technologies, digital twins last appeared two years ago, and their idea was it was five to ten years away from being a really kind of productive mass market um, solution. So two years later, we're right in the kind of trough of disillusionment, where we're basically the kind of, let's say, customers' expectations are at the lowest point. They're really frustrated. Um, but the kind of people developing the technology um, are slowly kind of kind of trying to bring it along the curve towards actually, you know, towards productivity. Mm. Well, is that one of the reasons why uh, digital twins have not taken off as predicted in the construction industry? Um. I think if you have as simple a um, definition of digital twins as I have, then no, it, it's no excuse. Um, uh, I think, you know, any information embedded on an, on an interactive floor plan, um, we could have had, you know, any stage in the past, and there are solutions in the past. At the moment, they're very disconnected. It might be a smart lock company who has an interactive floor plan which shows where their smart locks are. And then another company over in working in the same building might be a cleaner management system that shows which rooms the cleaners need to clean today. Um, mm -hmm. The solutions exist, but they're really, really disconnected. Um, and when you take the kind of, you know, the digital twin almost like as a platform or as an enabler perspective, then the idea is that we should really have something that's a central element that all of those different third parties are using. Yeah. And quite often when we talk about about digital twins, we we are imagining some sort of a one solution, one one twin. But uh, in in the report, you talk about four types of uh, or twins. What are they? What kind of value do they offer, and uh, to whom? Yeah, so we've interviewed. It's really important here that we've interviewed a really wide range of stakeholders. So we've interviewed kind of people representing end users and owners, um, investors, asset managers, facility managers. Um, service providers like cleaners or reception staff, and then you know equipment providers. So we've really had um, a really wide ranging opinion of I would like 
um, the digital twins to solve this problem. So we've really looked at it from a, a kind of wide stakeholder view, but then also in our four kind of solutions, there's a maturity as well. Um, there is a kind of an inherent feeling that there are some of these are relevant to our report because we can deliver them now rather than kind of, you know, in five to 10 years, the landscape is different. So with that in mind, we've kind of split them into simple digital twins and complex digital twins. Um, the simple digital twins mostly come from the kind of financial managers and the investors. Um, they might have, for example, a number of shopping centers that they own and that they're that they're leasing out. Um, they mightn't have been to the shopping center in a year or two, but actually they find out, you know, unit seven is up for lease next next uh, month. And they have the details in some kind of database that tells them who the tenant is and when it's expiring. But that's much more intuitive if they can see on the floor plan um, an indication of it's this, it's on the first floor, it's next to this flagship customer. And they go, oh, it's that space. Okay. So they want almost like a Power BI or a, a business intelligence dashboard where the space they click or the floor they click is illuminated um, alongside the kind of information. So that's kind of really the simplest version. Um, the next version up is really just providing an interactive 2D floor plan or simple, very simple kind of 3D wireframe um, model um, that is really just uh, there for third parties. It could be as simple as just someone walking around the building doing an annual inspection and they say, okay, there's a crack here or there's a there's a chunk out of this wall. We need to send someone in to fix it. But they can attach those um, inspections onto something interactive and it's much easier to understand to send it in the chain of who has to do it. So lots of different simple, simple use cases where 2D is enough. Um, the next one then is the first complex digital twin, which is really based around you know, energy and facility management and, and, and you know, building services, um, MEP kind of use cases. And they maybe have more to do with the kind of MEP digital twins and building information models. And they're built around energy management and predictive maintenance and maybe even simulations of energy, maybe the day before. Um, and then the top level is the all-conquering, um, mythical, as-built digital twin where all different models are in there. And maybe if you break a window pane, you can click the window pane and it tells you exactly what the model and size is and, and you can almost order it from that digital twin. The kind of science fiction version. version. Um, and def definitely there's a maturity there where the simple digital twins, the 2D interactive and the, and the business dashboard, we think are available now and they're the things we should focus on in this short term, this three to five years. Um, rather than getting distracted by the big long-term things, actually people's problems could be solved by working on the simple ones today. Mm. So maybe that's your main message of the report. Yeah, and I think I think I think that is the main message of the report. Um, and I think understanding the maturity as well. Um, uh, and obviously, the new company I'm working for are working on these kind of this kind of interactive simple digital twins but i think for the construction companies and the people who really want to build business on the complex digital twins it kind of gives them a bit of a mandate for three to five years um but certain things need to be organized so some of the stuff from speaking to the contractors um, there's some really good quotes in the report where you know contractors don't even know if the 
if the owner or end users are going to use the building information model as a digital twin. Um, there's no mandate to produce something. There's no extra cost to produce something. Um, so, you know, even the business model, as far as, um, to use a Skanska word, kind of something like digital delivery, that the as-built building information model would have more care taken to it um, and more than just digital delivery, but also integrating the BMS and any IoT and any kind of room booking services, that the business model doesn't exist for that. Um, and the construction companies are in kind of driving seat to be a really strong part of that, but no one is paying them to or really asking them to. So beyond just the technology of, of getting data out of twins and having them scalable so that, so that five or six as-built building information models can be machine readable in the same way, not only is there that technology about using them in a scalable way and interoperability, there's obviously technology around VR and AR use cases, simulation use cases, but there's also the kind of business model doesn't work. So we've highlighted kind of those things. We've kind of said, you know, the simple digital twins will be rapidly accruing some kind of customers and some revenue and some credibility in the next three to five years. And then it's really interesting in five years time what the landscape looks like. And if as the complex business cases mature, if they'll rebound and really kind of conquer the market again. So there's some kind of fun questions um, for people to consider as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my question uh, that I thought pr uh, before this interview was that whose business are digital twins eventually? Yeah. So that's, that's a kind of really good question. And I guess the customer landscape we're saying is much wider than the, you know, the BIM perspective lays out. Um, so, you know, a cleaning company or receptionist staff kind of want these kind of solutions um, to make their operations more efficient. So I think any of the any of building stakeholders kind of it's their business um, the people that can actually um, kind of really kind of make business from it. It's kind of really interesting. I think in the next few years, it is these um, in Aldo we're studying these kind of smart workplace solutions. So like Comfy in, in, in that Siemens have, um, or like Empathic Building or these kind of things, we've studied 35 of them. Um, and um, they're really growing as a business area. So in the next couple of years, those companies will grow, but definitely in the long term, the kind of BIM community to kind of capture them today, um, there's a lot of business for them in the long term. Mm -hmm. Well, we are still talking about technology, of course, when it comes to yeah. digital twins. So how can we make sure that what we are doing today uh, with the, today's technology will serve in the future? Because buildings have a long lifespan, typically. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that's the kind of nice thing about what we've seen already is that they're what I call software first or software dominant. Um, so we're not covering buildings full of hardware or new kind of equipment or, you know, whatever it is. Um, a lot of the use cases, you know, we're talking about like a Power BI dashboard here that really helps people and makes things more intuitive. So I think that's another nice thing about the kind of the simple digital twins. They are software dominant. Um, we're not making huge investments or huge decisions on the future. Um, and, you know, beyond that, it's kind of really hard to say, with how buildings will be used in the future. But I still think that for all the different stakeholders, we need a user interface. 
Um, and that's what these simple twins are kind of offering at the moment. Hmm. So if you're starting today to build, uh, build your digital twins, how, how, yeah. how should you start? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the challenge is, you know, um, what kind of, what group, what function or what building type are we going for? Um, the office side is mature. Um, in my smart building history, which I've been working on for the last couple of years, and I've been lucky enough to kind of be invited to give some kind of international keynotes um, over the last couple of years. Um, I've always talked about it is kind of solve the kind of end users problems, um, definitely in knowledge organizations. Um, there's this feeling these days that staff costs are 90%, and after that rent is nine and energy is 1%. So I would angle the digital twins to really support everyday, um, you know, everyday tasks, kind of really around employee experience, really around employee performance. Um, that's something we really focus on in empathic building. And then, you know, the other layers of the onion come after that. If we have really good room booking solutions that are one-click booking for the end users, then you can do all kinds of, you know, space efficiency or cleaning schedules or these kind of things. Um, so I would start with Office, I would start with the end user, and I would kind of add the kind of features and problems um, around that, let's say, kind of core. So the report is available online for uh, to download. I can include the link in the show notes. But uh, yeah, it's a, pin, it's a pinned tweet on, on my Twitter account, which is at Ken Dooley as well, which is easy to find. Okay, so and that's the way to contact you as well, maybe. Yeah, you can find me there. <laughs> so Ken, thanks again for this very interesting uh, discussion, Great. and uh, I'm looking forward to what what you will be uh, doing in the in the near future, and what hopefully we can talk about that in the future as well. Okay, so great, thank thanks, you very Ernie. much.